Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. We have the honor to be here today with Rabbi Adam Abarjel from Eshat Torah. For those of you who may not know, he's actually the reason why I started a podcast. I was always like thinking about it throughout my life that I always wanted to like give over things to the world, and I didn't exactly, I didn't think that my my words were valuable. And one day, I, I think you called me, or yeah, I called you, I and I was telling him like, you know, like. Everywhere I go in Brooklyn to pray in the morning, it's not like mechazik enough. And I want a place that's like strong, good shiur. So he told me, why don't you give a class? Like, I see what you do online. Why don't you, you, you can talk. And I'm like, really? Like, you think I can give a class? Like I asked him, because I always thought you have to be like official. And then he told me, he's like, no, Rav Noach, Rav Noach Weinberg said, if you know Aleph, you can teach Aleph. Right. So whatever you know can dramatically change or impact someone's life. So when I heard that message, I was like, yo, he's right. Even though I may not be perfect and I'm still growing, things that I know, especially as like as a relatable 22-year-old, it could help other people. And thank God the podcast has grown tremendously and every episode today happened afterwards and helped a lot of people and is going all around and it's all thanks to you for giving me that push. Well, thanks, Hashem. I don't think I can take any credit. Thank you. So you want to do a quick inter- introduction before we get into it? Sure. Sure. Introduce myself? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Tell people who you are. So my name is Adam Abergel. I uh, grew up in Fort Lee, New Jersey, um, and I grew up as a traditional Sephardi guy, Moroccan. My parents from Morocco, and uh, ended up in University of Indiana, was in a fraternity there, and uh, at a certain point in my life, things took a little change. Could be, change. You could be brutally honest, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah, sure. We can keep I it mean, real here. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was partying hard when I asked the girl that I was dating out, who I ended up marrying, she said, your shirt is off too much in pictures that we can't, it's not even, we're not even on the same page. <laughs> so, uh, as a good Sephardi, though, I kept, I was persistent. I said, no, I'm growing, I'm growing. And uh, Baruch Hashem, we're married now with four kids. But, uh, so, uh, and oh, no. after two years of University of Indiana in my fraternity, I transferred, I went to YU. Yeshiva University was there for seven years. Did smicha there. And now uh, I'm at Isha Torah in Jerusalem, living in Jerusalem with my wife and kids, Baruch Hashem. And I started a program called Isha Sephardi, really trying to reach out to all the traditional Sephardi world and give them an experience at the Kotel to really be inspired and grow and uh, reach their potential. In this world. Yeah, I'll put your information if they want to reach out to you and be possibly be part of the program. That'd be great. Yeah, we have trips in the summer and the winter. We have all year things going on, so please. For uh, people who want to really uh, start a connection to Hashem or to even know what it's more about, this is really the place to go. So we want to talk about a fun topic today and a very crucial topic and a much needed topic, which is going to be dating relationships, how to start, how to enter the world, and when you're in the world, how to navigate through the world and hopefully get results. That's that's the goal, to date with purpose, to date with intention. And we're going to talk about things that people are going through nowadays and just to more or less sculpt a picture, see what's going on and try to navigate it more or less. So I'm going to ask you, let's say I'm a guy or a girl, I'm in college or I'm at this age range and I want to start to date. What's the right way to go about it? Meaning, am I ready to date? Do I have to be at a certain amount of self-love mentally to date? Should I just jump into it, figure it out later? What's the right way to do things? Okay, so I, I mean, I think the first thing, as one thing you mentioned is mental health. I think people who aren't at least mentally healthy, they're at a good place, they're happy with who they are, themselves they are, there's no room to date. I mean, when you're so focused on yourself and trying to figure out yourself, it's very hard to give to others because mm. you yourself are not ready to give to even yourself to care about if you can't care about yourself there's not a really high chance you're gonna be able to care about someone else so my first advice is for sure to make sure mentally you are at a healthy place you are happy with who you are and what you're doing 
The second thing is before you, and again, this is even before, usually people ask, oh, what are you looking to date? They think about someone else. So I'm saying the beginning is always about yourself. It's mentally healthy. And it's also make sure what, know what track you're going on. Where, what, what path are you heading on? What highway are you heading on in your life, right? What are you looking for in life yourself? And for many people, they have no idea. They're always, I'm, I want to date. I want to meet a girl. It's very nice. Do you know what you're looking for in life? Do you know what you yourself are heading on? Right. What, what path are you on? So when they don't know that, so then there's really very little room to start dating in a healthy way. Once that's figured out and you know, okay, I'm, I'm looking to grow and let's say someone's really spiritually looking to get to high level, that, that's where he is. He knows he's there and that's the path he's on. He doesn't need to get there already. He doesn't need to be the biggest, uh, most righteous person in the world. But if he's, let's say he's heading towards that spiritual path, so okay, that's the path he's heading. He now has room to look into a girl and find out, okay, are we, are we on the same road? Can I find a girl who's on that path? Maybe. Then he could start looking at, okay, and if he's not on that road and he's looking, he's just like more relaxed about his spirituality and he has certain things, but at least he knows what he wants. Then you could start looking at a girl and being, okay, we, we are on the same page and now we're on, the, we're on the same road together. And what if, what if he doesn't, what if he's not open to spirituality or doesn't know what he wants, but he still wants to date? So, I mean, a person could do that. Like, what if, honestly, the guy is just clubbing and getting with girls, honestly, but he's, he's feeling horrible about himself? Right, so that which is that, which is the ex- expense for what you do. Right, right. So that I would not say that's a healthy time to date. I don't think there's a high chance you're going to find the one you'll spend the rest of your life with. You might find someone for now, but I think when you're thinking about the rest of your life, something that people always mess around with is they get excited right now. But you have to realize the excitement and the beauty those all those things always last for a certain amount of time and slowly get away, right? We have people have children, and every day you don't wake up, you're not like so excited the way you first were that people try to like romanticize. Infatuation. Yeah, it's very infatuation based and the person has to realize, think five years down the line, 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line. What's your family going to look like? What's the dynamic? I mean, the, the infatuation isn't going to last. It's either you have the values, right, which we can get to, but values are really the most integral part of dating and marriage. There's nothing greater than a husband and wife with good values who are, who are whatever, humble, who are giving, who care about, that, that can build a marriage and make a marriage last forever. And there's nothing worse than a marriage of one or two people who have bad character traits. They're full of themselves or they're not looking to really give. Looking to take. Right, they're looking to take and they're thinking about, so that could destroy a marriage very quickly. So, I mean, the main, main thing is going to be ultimately our character traits. And that takes work. That takes work. Character traits don't just build themselves. It's not like I was born and I was in a real religious place or I was not in a religious It doesn't matter if your parents are, are good parents or not parents. It's really about you building your own character traits. If you want to have that lasting, amazing marriage, that's what's going to take. Because if not, they'll, ref- they'll reflect later in the relationship. Right. Things will happen. Oh, someone gets angry. They'll keep their anger towards you, right? That they'll just, right? One, one value we have is called being mevater. Being mevater means to give up. is to let go. Yeah, to give up or to let go, right? A lot of times in marriage, people make mistakes. The Moroccan version is to give up. <laughs> to give up or to let go. Let's, let's call it either one works. But the point, the point is, is that we all make mistakes mm-hmm. in relationships. We all make mistakes. And if you're not willing, if you, you or you have a spouse who is ve- it's very hard for them to let go, you'll see that will cause a tremendous tension in a marriage because things will just go forward and forth till things can get to a very bad place. But when you have you or your, and your spouse 
are both at a place where you're both working on your character. You want to like, oh, it's true, someone else is going to make a mistake, but you guys are coming to the picture where I understand people make mistakes, and I also understand that I am capable of letting go, and I don't need to hold it against you. That's a tremendous value in a marriage, because then, okay, we know we don't have to be perfect. There's not as much pressure, and you can really build it. It's probably the most important one. For sure. I mean, it's always hard. People like to say the most important one. I have a hard time telling you one most important thing. There, that is a huge thing. Right. Being mevater is a huge thing. Because it but comes also, up daily. Right. But also chesed is a huge giving, being a giver. Right. Marriage is all about thinking about somebody else. Right. Right. Well, there's a book called The Five Love Languages. Mm, familiar? Of course. Okay. So, I mean, what's that all about? It's being a giver in the sense of like, what does she care? What does she like when I spend time talking to her? Right? One of the five love languages in this book is speaking is just... Another one is physical touch. Another one is... Pre- but the point is that you're thinking about her, not about yourself, right? The, the issue is when you have a guy and he's always thinking about the way he feels loved, but not about how she feels loved. And let's say for him, it's getting presents. So he's buying his wife presents. And she's like, presents are nice. I don't really care that much about presents. I really want you to spend more time with me. But he's so focused on himself that that just doesn't work. Because that's a taker mentality. A hundred percent. So chesed, like we see by Rivka, by the way, Rivka... In the, in the Torah, the Bible. So what is she? what happens when she's at, they ask for water for the camels, right? Yitzchak asks, or sorry, Eliezer asks. She gives not just the camels to him too, right? She does extra chesed. And that, you see that that value ends up being the Torah's, I mean, the first one when you look at her wife ends up being a giver. Yeah, so giving, there's no something, nothing, I don't know, the most important value, but that's a, that's a huge value. Communication is key. Communication is, is huge. Someone who knows how to communicate in a healthy way, who knows how to express themselves. It, that can be worked on. That, that can be worked on. But yeah, if you can't express yourself, it definitely brings challenge into marriage because a lot of times she's struggling with them or you're struggling with something and you have no idea that they're struggling unless they're able to express themselves. Communicate it. So uh, that can be very challenging. I do want to touch on something that you said. You mentioned the love languages. So I, I went to like a rabbi of mine a couple of years ago and I spoke to him about these love languages, not in relationships between husband and wife. I think personally that spouses should try to learn their spouse's love language. But you, you don't want to get into a problem where I buy her flowers, but since she doesn't like flowers and she doesn't see my intention, she doesn't appreciate it and pushes me farther away. A wife or, or the husband, they have to learn how to, how to see that the other person is trying. It may not be in the way that they want it to be, but they're trying. So I, to, I went to my rabbi with his love language thing and I said, you know, rabbi, like, I'm not receiving my love language from my parents. And, he's, and he right away shut me out. He's like, just if, if your love language is, let's say, words of affirmation, right? And you only look for that. You're not going to see what they're trying to do. We have different love languages, which is correct. But if, if, if someone's trying to express themselves to you in a way that you don't know how to read because it's not your love language, you, you should still try to always be open-minded to other things. Because sometimes people are trying their best and we just don't see it because it's not in the way we want it to be. So I think, just to touch on what you said, it's important to communicate to your spouse and to figure out their love language, but it's also important to try to see their efforts and what they're trying to do in their way. Right. I think that's a beautiful idea. That's a beautiful idea. And, and I think that comes down to just the idea of effort, meaning that idea of like when you get married, what, are, you, what are your expectations in a marriage, right? People mm-hmm. expect he's going to have this type of, this make this much money or learn this much or do whatever he's doing. And expectations really should be one very simple thing. Are you trying your hardest? I want to marry someone who's going to put his all into our marriage or a girl. Themselves, their marriage. Right. They're going to put all their effort into that and really try. try, It's not that they won't make mistakes. They might. 
But the point is, are you trying your best? You're making mistakes on purpose? Are you trying to mess? Or no, you're trying and you made a mistake. And that's okay. If, it's, if the effort's there, then any marriage should be able to grow in the sense that that's all you can expect of a person. No one's perfect. But if, there's, if the effort's missing, so that's when things can really go downhill because that's really a basic, basic, basic value in the Everyone marriage that you're trying. Yeah. So to go back a few steps, let's say... A person wants to figure out, okay, maybe I'm ready to get married. What, what to look for, what to look for in themselves. How do, I do, how do I navigate this the right way according to Hashem and what He wants? Right. So, again, I like to start with myself. So, myself is we have a certain vision of where your life is heading in terms of what direction you want to go through in life, in terms of your spiritual life, in terms of, okay, you want to be this, in terms of observance, in terms of you also have... a a financial way of making a marriage work, right? I mean, if you can't just assume Hashem is going to just, okay, Hashem, you got it. No, you have to have some sort of plan, some, what we call hishtadut, some effort put in on how naturally you're going to be able to provide for your family. Um, so those are, those are huge. And again, working on your character, you should be building that character. Once that's all clear, I think then it's time to start looking at a girl, for a girl. And isn't there an idea that when you accept responsibility for a wife, Hashem will give you more panasa? There, there is like an if idea. If you're already doing hishtadut, let's say. Right. If you're already if you're already giving doing hishtadut, but a person, it's not it's not like you're doing zero and it's just gonna all come. You have to do something. Yeah, you and have Hashem to do, will work his way out. Right. Hishtadut is is a complicated like topic to discuss, and but very basic way of understanding is you have to be doing what's normal. I Meaning, if this is what's normal to be making. A parnasat to be making money, so you have to be doing it. You can't be doing like thirty minutes of work a day and assume I'm going to make money and be able to provide for my wife. I mean, it might be that Hashem blesses someone that way, but that's not that's not an expectation you can have that He does, right? So just in general, you have to have a normal way of making money where just in a natural way you'll be able to provide for your wife in a certain to a certain norm. And God will help you, right? And what's the second thing? After you figure that out with yourself, meaning you're mentally ready, emotionally ready, and financially you're doing, you're trying. You're saying spiritually ready. Yeah, you. you all you, that is you, all you that more is. More or less, no, like I want to keep shabbat, I want to keep kosher. I'm not there yet, whatever. But I want someone more on my page, right? Right. So, mean part of one thing is that you're working your way. You you know that, and you're also moving towards that direction. It's one thing to know something, and then something like that's the way I'm heading. I'm, I'm actively trying to get there. Yes. That's very important. That you have to show that that's, it's not like enough to say that, and, and that's the challenge of dating sometimes, because people say whatever they want. I'm looking to grow. That's very broad. Are you, what are you doing? What, what are you doing tomorrow that shows that that's where you're heading? Right. That's something very important to look for when you're dating. Is he doing something, or does he say that he's doing something? Does she say that? She's very spiritual. Oh, very nice. Does she? Everyone's very spiritual. Right. Everyone's spiritual. Everyone's connected. What are you doing? <laughs> right. Right. So it just—it's very important to read those signs and make sure that when people talk, their the money's where the mouth is. Right. Mm-hmm. That they're actually doing. So and then when so when you're looking for a girl, so you're looking someone on the same page spiritually, someone who can relate to where you are spiritually and is on the same path. And then also, how, how much of the same path? Like, let's say the guy keeps Shabbat or and kosher, and the girl also does, but. Modesty, like how, how much aligned does it have to be? I think the fundamentals need to be aligned in a sense like this. Like if you're going to, you, you care about keeping Shabbat, right? Yeah, yeah of course. So, so a girl who doesn't care about that as much, it'll be a big issue. I mean, the house won't function in a very natural, for you and for your children. Right, so that's what I'm asking. What's like the, the key things that have to be aligned and what, what's not so important? 
Right. So, I mean, I think the things that affect both of you need to be aligned. I mean, for example, uh, for example, Shabbat. If a woman doesn't keep Shabbat or a man doesn't keep Shabbat, so he's cooking or whatever he's and driving out on Shabbat, you want to be home. That's going to affect the, the way you, you guys work spend together. time together. Yeah. Um, so that's the main thing. Kashrut, kosher, right? When you, when she, if you, you date someone who doesn't keep kosher, so that's going to be very challenging in the sense that they want to go to these restaurants. They're used to going to these restaurants. Their family might go to these restaurants. Mm-hmm. It brings a lot of tension. So again, these things could be navigated. Life, a lot of things could be navigated. The question is, are you, you're not looking to find very complicated situations. You're not looking to get if, yourself... If, if I keep kosher and you keep kosher and she's chalav Israel, you're not, that's more easier. To right, navigate. you can navigate a little. That, yeah. those, that's much easier to navigate. When you make complicated situations that are possible to navigate, but they're very challenging, they bring a lot of stress... It, it adds up, right? There's only a certain amount a person can handle in mm-hmm. terms of stress, in terms of navigating my parents don't like this and you want this and it, it becomes very tight and, and tough over time. Maybe in the beginning it sounds all nice and we'll deal with it and it'll be okay but I think over time we realize this is really the way we live and the way we want and it's very hard to live with someone else who has a completely different lifestyle than we do, right? So the lifestyles need to be compatible also in our religious life, right? So that, that's one, that's very important. So when it comes to sni'ut, so, okay, obviously, I would love to tell a guy you should date a girl who's modest, right? If he really, if, he, if that's a value he has, halacha and whatever. But if it's not, and so does a guy need to date a girl who's new if, if, he, if that's not something he values? No, I think the relationship could work without that. But again, I would love, I mean, I would love for the guy to do it. I think new is a beautiful thing. But I, I think it's different than something that will affect both of you in a practical sense, in a, in a lifestyle type of way. Right, your lifestyle, and then there's like, okay, does she make brachot? Does she do that? Like, of course, you would love that, and, and you should know that your kids will be very much affected by you, the person you choose, and they'll see that person either making brachot, kavanah, trying, or someone who just doesn't make them, or whatever. So that that's a big kind of idea you should be thinking of: of how is it going to affect my children as well? It's not just my wife right now, but um, again, so if a person is willing to sacrifice that, I still think the marriage could work. But there's certain basic things that I think are around the detail based on your lifestyle that I think will be much more challenging to navigate and I think are really basic needs. So the reason why I ask you this question is actually more of a deeper reason. I know that the key of getting married is to avoid trauma body problems later on. So there's, there's, there's an idea that I thought of myself. There's a, there's a difference between romantic experiences and romantic commitment. A romantic experience is we go on a date, we have a good time and we can get along and everything. But when the date's over and I go back to my life, it doesn't really affect the two of us. It's, it's, a, it's a positive experience. And I can have a positive experience with a not-religious girl, a reformed girl, even a goya, like a not-Jewish girl. But when you get into a romantic commitment, you want to have the experiences, yes, to see if you're compatible, to see if you can become best friends, to see if you can support each other and where you want to go in life. But you also want to have that commitment. And part of having that commitment means, like, like you said, the kosher, the Shabbat, the key elements that will avoid problems in the future. Because if you want a wife that's modest and you're getting ready for a party and she's putting on like something short or whatever, maybe not no, no, uh, not to be offensive to women that are not modest yet. Obviously, we know modest as an internal and an external factor, but like not to shoot any shots. Um, everyone's on their own level. But just to speak logically, right? If you want to go out and your wife's not dressing modest, you're going to argue in the house. Hey, put on something longer. Like you want to avoid these arguments later. With Shabbat, you want to avoid arguments, kosher, modesty. You, want to, you don't want to come to a situation where you're going to fight with each other. I think that's very important. Right. And that's why if you 
are more or less on the same page in terms of the, the, the lifestyle and the religious things, it's, it's a higher rate of success for a good marriage. Right. How, how do you know if a tree is going to generate and produce good fruits? You look at the roots. Which brings me into my, ne- my next topic. Can I just add one thing before you Please, go? Please, yes. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think what you're saying, it reminds me, maybe I didn't add this part, is that one value a person can have is called halakha. It's a value of, is my uh, values, I believe in the halachic system. And Very halacha. slept on today, by the way. Right. Very so, slept on. So, I mean, if that's your value, if you, you have that value of halakha, so you need to date, you can't date a girl who's not modest then. Because then, then you have an issue going on. It bothers you. Right. Because then, that means, it will weigh on your mind and you, you can't just, focus. You just brought out of, oh, she's not dressing snoot or even it could be a snoot and you're, you're Sephardi and you want a girl wearing a tichel. And she's wearing a wig, right? It, it doesn't have, it could be very common. It, and that's okay. Everyone could want what they want. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But I mean, you, if, if your basic value is halakha, mm-hmm. you need to marry someone with that value as well. Yes. That, I mean, just like you value honesty or whatever, halakha is, is, a, is a very important thing. If, if a person values it, that you have someone who's on the same page because the halakha, you want your family to be following and she's very much going to affect or he's going to very much affect the family. And ha- if they do follow halakha and so you can't have not that going on. I think you hit it on the money. That's the word I was looking for, the, the, the rule. Because there's, there's a difference between like just doing things and actually trying to keep things more to the T and to follow a Jewish lifestyle, which will only help you in the end. Right, and if you learned, if you guys learn different halachot, you'll be like, oh, you should, like, and it's not offensive because you all have that value together. You all value the halacha system, halacha. So if I tell you I learned a new halacha about this, you'll be like, oh, okay. That's fine. Like let's let's try to let's try to do that. It, it's not offensive because that's. But if she's not someone who values halacha and she just I mean maybe she was born into like a religious world, but that's not one of her values. So then when she's not actually following, it's not or he's not following it. It's not offend. It's it's offensive to him. It's like no, no, I I do what I like. Why are you why are you telling me what to do? No, it's not me. It's Hashem. Oh, but no, I, that's not the way I decide. I decide what Hashem wants for me. So that can bring a lot of friction. So you have to make sure. One of the things when I got married was, I mean, we're both growing, and I said, but I want to live a life, like, I believe that that's the way Hashem speaks to me, and that's the way Hashem tells me, like, connects to me, and how I can live, like, do actions that make him happy. It's not a restricted life, if anything, it's a very free life. For sure not, for sure not, for sure not, very free, very, very meaningful, and... Could you, could you touch more on that, why to keep halacha, why is it free? It's like this, meaning, in, in a relationship, there are always restrictions. People always say, Hashem, but, like, when you get married... You can't just go around with any girl. You're, you're restricted to this, and right? That's you why you have to guard your eyes to increase the Right, watch your, your eyes. Exactly. You spend time with that person. You have, to, you have to commit a lot to it and you're restricted from doing other things. You can't spend as much time. With, but it's okay because you care about the relationship, right? By, by, by not being with someone else, by not being with her, you show this girl that I'm committed to you and I love you. And that's why I come home every night and that's why I don't go do that stuff because I care about that. That's why I restrict myself. With Hashem, the restrictions aren't meant to like throw you, like hurt you. Hashem just I mean by restricting yourself, you're able to connect to Him more. By saying, oh, I'm not going to eat that or not look at that. You're able to connect to Hashem more by saying, oh, I, lo- I love you. I don't want to do those other things. And that ultimately, ultimately makes you feel more connected to Hashem, which is ultimately for your own good. You know why? Because you have to connect to Hashem on His terms, not your terms. People right. say I'm spiritual, but according to what? Right. God made the, the universe. He created the human uh, being manual and you have to follow that. As much as people don't want to hear it, it's true. Right. That's beautiful. 100%. <laughs> I can pray Kavo. You have to do what Hashem wants. I want what you want, Hashem. So you make what, you, what I want something that you want. It's like a... Yeah, I said, Kitsoni, Kitsonchave. 
It's actually the shirt that I'm wearing now. This is my clothing brand. It's called I Want What You Want Hashem. I saw it. It's very cool. Yeah. It's very good. I love that. So that's why I did it, you know, because if people align what they want with what Hashem wants, they don't know this, but he'll align what you, what you want with what he wants. Right? right. That's a good life. That's a healthy marriage, Parnassah, all these things. Right. Right. That's exactly, I guess, was my mindset going in. In college, I was like, I don't know what my life is going to look like religious. I didn't know what, like, religious, like, people are like, you're going to wear a hat, you're going to do that. I was like, I have no idea. All I know is I believe in Hashem. I want that relationship with Him. I know that's going to be meaningful. I know that's going to add more to my life than anything else. And I'm just going to try to do what He wants. And that's it. Whatever that's going to look like is, am I going to live here or there? Am I going to wear a hat? Am I going to do this? It's not my problem. It's not my problem. Like, <laughs> stop asking. It yeah. doesn't, it's not changing anything. All I'm going to do, one, th- one value I have is I want to do what Hashem wants to build a relationship with Him. And Baruch Hashem, I can tell you, in my personal experience, there's no greater decision, decision I've ever made in my life. Right? That's what I mean to my wife, my kids, and to everything I have right now. So we covered how to date, what to look for in yourself and the other person. Now I want to I go into another topic. I said earlier that how does a person know what kind of fruits the tree will generate? You look at the roots. So, what's, so what did I mean by it's a parable? How, how do you know if the marriage is going to be successful? Look at the beginning. The beginning, how was the, how was the beginning uh, conducted? In what kind of fashion? And one specific thing I'm talking about, which is the elephant in the room, Shomenegia. Meaning, this is what I learned. I want to share like something and then you can go into what Shomenegia, the depths of it and everything. But I I learned a very logical concept and to me, it stuck with me. If you go on a date, like from the moment you leave your house, you have to leave with a giver mentality. I'm going out to see if this is the mother of my children. Not, yeah, we can have fun in the moment, yeah, but reality is in the kick in one, two, three, and it's in the go from a fun experience to, oh my God, like this is real. I have to prioritize this. And the Yetzirah will fuel you to want, to want to make you touch the girl. And if you end up falling in that sin and you're living with her before you're married or even touching her, holding hands, even the small things which are really big, when you get married, it's not going to be as good. Because when the Yetzirah goes away, now it becomes a mitzvah. If anything, you're going to be pushed away from touching her. Because now it's a good thing to touch her. Now you have to keep nida. And I'm saying, but like now it's a mitzvah to actually touch the girl. But when you're single, it's, it's avera. So I feel like the Yetzirah will fuel it psychologically. Like, you know, it'll make it exciting in this. But then when you're married, it's a different story because that goes away. So what do you think about being shomer and the importance of it? Uh, I mean, I think without giving any big mystical concepts behind it just in my life I've experienced it both both areas yeah. and in, in the strongest form meaning I was in college in a secular college in the university in a fraternity and you can imagine that's secular life right there's no Shomer Nagia in secular life and I was also when I dated my wife we were Shomer Nagia right for my first time in my life how was that? it was completely different it was completely different but it was ultimately ultimately the best decision one of the best decisions I ever made in the sense that the excitement it brought, the clarity I had in terms of our dating and what I wanted, there was no greater clarity. I mean, all of my life, any girls I've ever been involved with, it was always, there was always this physical element to it. Always this blinding element. Subconsciously, by the way. Yes, yeah, like, subconsciously. Thinking, when can I get what I want? And that's a taker mentality, which is not emulating God. So you're right. kind of killing it from the beginning. Right, right. And overlooking flaws and overlooking things that are ultimately going to affect your marriage five years down the line, ten years down the line. Because but you're no, just looking to take. Right, because she's, she's a pretty girl or whatever it is. And, 
and you get invi- and also it just distracts you from other things. Meaning, in your life. Yeah, in high school, let's say I was so focused. My 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 brothers when I was young would always tell me about girl, girls and like that that should you should get involved and try to whatever. Yeah, and that was always the the motivation for things I did. So I was always focused on that. I was never focused on school and all things just because I was so focused on that physical element of girls. And that's how powerful it is that a kid in high school could kind of like ignore all these other things just because they're looking for this physical pleasure with girls. It's all this excitement, whatever it was. And um, I think being Shomer Nagia, also having that experience, not touching my wife for a year of dating. Really? A year. Wow. Because we're both growing in observance and... We had to meet whatever we were both getting that stage, and but it brought to the point of clarity of like, oh, this is the midot is what I'm marrying. Okay, I'm attracted, of course, but that will come. I know that comes naturally, and I know that will only be stronger from the fact that we're building ourselves our connection. What will come? That physical connection. Oh, when you're married, right? I mean, that'll take our relationship to the next level. But the base, the base of the marriage, or when you're building a building, it's always about the base, foundation, the foundation, right? The roots, of the tree. foundation, exactly. So it needs to be very strong. If that's not strong, so everything else can, can break, tumble down, the building can, can be destroyed. Right? So the roots of dating, is all, marriage, is going to be the midotas, the character traits. And the only way to focus on those roots is to make sure those roots are good is without the physical. Because once the physical is there, so you'll look, oh, she's, she's a little bit like this, she's a little bit like, likes that. It's okay. It's not such a big deal because she's pretty and she's attractive. Whether I realize it or not, that's going to happen, right? So because our roots were solely based on character and what type of person she was, so when it became, we got married, Baruch Hashem, and, and you add that physical element to the relationship, it was so much more beautiful because it was based on something so strong and it was only able to build up from there. And there's a reason why. Because I, I forgot where it says this, but there's Ahava Shetiluyah Davar. Right. I think Zuava, whatever. Yeah, kind of last. Basically, love that is dependent on a certain matter that is external and that is nothing else besides who the person is, meaning you like her for her looks or for her money or whatever, that's external love that's not about her. It's not about the midot, the foundation, like you said. The moment that that component or factor or contingency, whatever, ceases to exist, your love for this person ceases to exist. Right. So it's not even real love, Bichlal. It's just, it's all about you because you love this part about her that makes you feel good. Right. But when you take that away and try to focus on who they are without touching, without anything improper and really try to navigate this with the Torah and Hashem, and I feel like it's a, it's like a bullet dart for success. Like, how do you miss, you know? 100%. 100%. And just to add, I mean, like, also the excitement of getting married and having that being part of the marriage being the physical element to it that we get now adds a lot to the whole marriage I mean just getting married I mean the fact that there's this added element the marriage is not just right secular people or people who are touching before it's like okay we're touching before and now we she has a ring but we're still touching right after so whatever they they're moving into another house or whatever they're doing but there's that element was already there there's a certain excitement when you add something to when you add yeah, and when you get married from Shomer Nagia to like uh, all the whole way till you get married, there's that wedding is exciting in many ways, and then there's all this added dimension of whoa, there's something that we're our relationship is now going to go to the next level because it's something that we never got to experience before together, and it's very very special. So it, it really does add a certain excitement and feeling that you can really never experience otherwise unless you really are Shomer Nagia. 
throughout your dating process. What do you think if people are dating and they're not Shomernigya as we speak? I mean, I think they should try to work towards it. I think... Uh, what's a good reason to stop, basically? Besides everything we just said. Because I, I personally think it's super dangerous. I think it's like fire. Right. So I think the main reason, and this is always very important because of stress, because we always give other reasons. One thing is because you want to connect to Hashem. And Hashem says that this is not what you're meant to do. Right? It's very, like, okay, we'll give other reasons, of course. But a person needs, needs to never just think about other reasons. He also has to remember, like, his whole life, he's deciding, do you believe in Hashem? Are you, are you, do you trust in Hashem? Do you believe he wants what's best for you? If he does, so... This is, this is what he's asking you to do. He thinks, he's telling you, I created the world. This is better for your dating process. This is better for your life. That's the first thing. And that's, that's the most important, to be honest. Then the other reasons is, I think, Shomer Nagia adds the relationship and a certain clarity in, in what you're looking for, which we mentioned. Not certain, to keep you there for no reason. Right. That you, you, now this girl is not just about anything physical, but more about, is she the right person for me for the rest of my life? I learned to communicate in a way where it's just about, we can't get out of a fight by just being physical. No. Right. We just, we have to talk it out. We're dating. We have a disagreement in, in our dating process and we have a different view on how our Basic lives are going to things. Learn how to listen and to hear someone and feel them. You right. Know? So it, people could have conversations while touching, but the issue becomes is that when touching becomes a reality. So when there's friction, when there's different viewpoints and maybe those viewpoints are significant that could affect the marriage long term, touching becomes a way to just pretend like those, that isn't a reality and that that's not going to affect them long term. That's where it becomes very dangerous. And that's where people don't realize because at the time it's like, no, it's okay, it's good, like whatever, we have other things in common and I'm really, I like her a lot and whatever. And only later in life where that attraction or whatever, the, the excitement fades a little bit, that's where people realize, oh, well, we're on different paths in life and we want different things and Priority. our kids' priorities are different and it's okay. So like, this is not really what we should be doing and like, why are we married? How about two people that are dating but are nervous to get married to seal the deal? And I want to, I want you to connect Emunah and Bitachon into this. So they're okay. Like you ever hear these couples that are like, oh, we're, yeah, not, yeah, we're not ready yet, but you right. are. You're ready right now. Hashem wants you to get married. There's no reason to wait. Right. You know. Right. Right. So there's a certain idea, and this is about a lot of decisions we make in life. Is that there's only so you're much. You're scared to pull the trigger right. because of other reasons that you're not in control of to begin with. Right, right. So, I mean, a person needs to... The, the issue is people don't know what you're supposed to look for or have clarity in their own life. And when you don't have clarity in either your own life or what you're looking for, so, yeah, you're never sure because is she, is she the right person or not because you don't have clarity yourself. So there's always... But once you get clarity yourself on what you want and then you have a little bit more clarity on what you're looking for, so then it's much easier to pull the trigger because there's a few values that I'm really looking for main values, let's say four or five values that are the most important, she has them. We have chemistry. Okay, so all the other things. No, I mean, that's the basic, what we call hishtadlut. Again, we said it in a physical, in, in business, there's also that with dating. Hashem only expects so much of you. He knows you're not a prophet. He knows you're not going to know every detail of what's going to happen in the future. But he expects you to put the, pre- the, the, the normal amount of effort into finding the right girl. And that's all you could really do. And then the rest is... Hashem, you're in control. You're going to control the, like everything else we do, like the job you choose or the vacation. Everything you go do is always amount. There's the amount of effort you can put in, and the amount of like, okay, Hashem, you do the rest. We can't control everything. So the girl also I can't control if I get to the hotel and it's not ready yet. I right. Can't control so if right. Traffic, whatever. Right. So the girl also, you did a certain amount of effort. You know, 
you learned about what you're supposed to be looking for. She has those values. You feel like you're compatible. You have chemistry. She's a giver, whatever it was. And okay, so at a certain point, meaning of course a person should have a rabbi and speak this out and really work it out through him, but usually at that point, it's up to, it's that time where you say, Hashem, you're in control. You're in control, 100%. And there's nothing I can do about it. I, I wish I could be 100%, but I can't. It's really up to Hashem and the rest of the, the way. And I'm going to have faith in you that I did what I should. And you're going to make it clear that this is the right girl and we're going to build a, a Vietnam on Israel. Not to steer into another topic. We spoke about foundations earlier. Yesod. I think a very big foundation for men is keeping Shemrat Dabri and, guard, and trying to guard their eyes because I think that leads to problems later on. It leads to problems during the dating. You just feel bad about yourself later on. You're not happy with what you have because you're so used to so many more and it's like quantity versus quality, all these things. Right. So connected to Shemrat Dabri is also what people are doing now. Like I hear all the time about stern parties, 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 parties. There's nowhere to meet a girl. The matchmakers are not giving you what you want because you're not communicating what you need. And then there's only dating apps. And dating apps are for hooking up. And then besides dating apps, is through friends. And like no one's taking it seriously. So what's the importance like to connect it all together? Shmata Bri, dating for purpose. I'm lost. I feel bad about what I did. How do I come now and do something healthy? What does a person do if they're just in the middle of running after their own tail? I think a person has to step, take a step back, take a step back and, and just rethink of where he, like what he's doing everything for. I mean, this is the hardest thing. People or she, both. He or she, sorry. I mean, it's very, we get so involved in our habits and what we're used to doing and we kind of forget what it's all for, right? And the goal always is to learn how to sit back, right? The book, Messiah Sharim, which is the book that I've connected to my, the most in my life, is very much about learning how to take a step back and not just once a year, every day. Take a step back and figure yeah, out. once a day. Once a day. I have a set time to take a step back and where am I heading in life? Really, what, you do that? I try to do that, but no. I'm saying that, that, that the Sefer is very much about that. The Sefer is very much about that. That on a daily basis, you need to look into your actions. See, is this, are these actions leading me to a place of what I really imagine in my life where I want to, the person I want to be? Right, so like if a person wants to be this really amazing, ca- amazing character trait and, and giver and special person, and he looks into his day and he says, "The whole day I was just focused on myself. Shmana bread, I'm breaking. This I'm breaking. I'm only thinking about myself the whole time." Because I don't want to feel bad, but that's making me feel worse. Right, right. So I mean, I think taking a step back and even going out of your comfort zone sometimes. Like like one thing I run is the ten day trip to Israel. It's like a Sephardic birthright type of experience. And it really gets guys out of their element. They go from different places and they come to Israel for 10 days and they really take a step out and like think about like, where's my life going, right? I'm, it's a lot of young professionals, usually guys like 19 to 30. We're actually running Bezat Hashem, our first girls one in, in September. But it's very much the goal being that you guys, we're all stuck in a certain lifestyle here and doing wrong things or doing right things, but we, we don't know why we're doing what we're doing and just bring ourselves back outside of where we're normally being and thinking, okay, what am, where am I really heading? What's the real goal of my life? And how can I really set myself in a, on a path that will get me to the ultimate greatest place that I could possibly get to? Um, and then when a person, there also has to be a certain amount of discipline, meaning like the ability to say, I'm gonna work on myself and I'm not gonna do these things anymore. And I think that's the hardest thing to do. For sure. Like but no one talks about how hard it is to do the vikam. For sure, for sure. I, I think, I grew up playing tennis. Yeah, I was. I, I hoped to become. Whatever my parents maybe hoped to become a, like more a serious tennis player, 
And one thing I, I learned a lot through tennis is, is the certain discipline that it, that it takes. Wake up, you have to train every day. You have to, I mean, you're running, I mean, when you want to stop running, they'll push you to run. I mean, through sports sometimes you see the, like, the, like the discipline it takes. They, they, they interviewed Amari Stoudemire in a different podcast. I met him once. Yeah, so they interviewed him just about like, what can, you, what can we take out, the Jewish world take out of the secular world? And he said, the work ethic, like at 5 a.m., I'm training, I'm at the gym, I'm working hard, I'm building that discipline from when I'm young to like really become great. And um, that's something that is very hard to do, but it's something we can learn from. You see how hard they work, and we just have to learn how to discipline them slowly but surely, one thing at a time, and really work on it just a little bit more at a time. The problem, sometimes the challenge is we try to discipline too much at one time. We want to take a, we want to jump up the ladder. So we're saying, oh, I'm going to do this and that and that. And then you're completely out. You don't do anything that you meant to do. Crush. But you always want to just take one step up. So when you work on your discipline, so it's minyan. So it's one minyan a week. And then it's two minyan a week. It's three minyan a week. It's, it's always, you want to go small steps, but you want to work on that discipline on a constant basis. So you're constantly growing, moving forward. I like to say discipline is focusing on what you're doing, not what you're feeling. 100%. Cause it's more 100%. of a mind thing. Like you, you don't want to do it, but you have to do it anyways. Right. Why? Because you just have to. There's right. No, there's no, what's it called? Right. Okay, very good. I think we covered a lot and navigating life is not easy and there's a lot of stuff to fix. But when you kind of take a step back and think, like you said, what am I doing? Where am I going? It makes things a lot clearer and hopefully a sure shot for marriage. Um, is there anything else you'd like to input? No, thank you very much for having me. And uh, I'd love to see anyone listening in Jerusalem in, uh, at the Kotel. Love to have you. Please reach out. Info. Yeah, put my info. I have a, a five-minute-day WhatsApp like uh, thing I, I send out, just a, a little bit of inspiration. If anyone wants to hear that, they're welcome to join. And uh, thank you very much. One more question. If I could ask you a reason for someone listening, which I think is like some, something that we all think about from now and then. Let's say I'm in a certain lifestyle, shouldn't be in that lifestyle, or maybe I don't know why I should be in that lifestyle, far from God, close to God, whatever. Give me right now a reason or an argument why I should change all or most of my decisions and choose a path of Hashem. And not just like stam a path, like a real path, a path of commitment, a plan, a plan of action, and really to just hopefully to try to become something I never thought myself becoming. Because there's a difference between what I see myself becoming and when you when you're on that path, you start to see more. Like when you choose right. when you choose growth, you're like, wait, I wanted to become this, but now I could even do more. Right. You could even become a rabbi. Like you never know. Like the the sky's always the the, the limits. Right. So right. why so why should a person do this? Like why should he prioritize it or even think he or she to really change their life around and pick a a, a righteous path? I mean, I think the question always a person asks himself has to ask himself is, do you want to be great? Do you want to be great? Yes. And most of us say we do want to be great people, right? We want to get the most out of our life, the most happiness, the most meaning, the most pleasure. Right. And then you have to answer that question. So where, where is, what leads you there? So is it money? So, okay, everyone knows money's not going to do it. And if you don't know that, so learn that or go talk to someone who has a lot of money who's taking his Rolls Royce to a therapist because he's not happy with his, like, I mean, <laughs> you, could, you, could, you could figure that out, that money's not going to do it. So you think honor, everyone's going to respect me. Well, learn about Haman or learn about the fact that the person with the honor, he, like when honor just never ends. You're just always, you're never going to feel fulfilled by honor, Chasing never it. by the money. It's, it's friends can't, t- like you have a lot of friends on Facebook. Well, you'll realize that that doesn't mean much to you when you're alone and no one, no one, you're like struggling with something and no one's reaching out. You'll, you realize that these things don't really last. And 
what you're looking for is something that's going to feel good for long term, right? You're looking to feel good for the rest of your life and something that feels amazing. So once you realize that Hashem gave you a path to feel that way, to feel amazing and to reach what, we, what really is greatness of connecting to him and building. So then it's very, I don't want to say simple, but simple, right? Listen to Hashem, you'll become great. You'll have meaning in your life every day of your life. Building a relationship from morning to night. You say, Mo down, you're building a relationship with Hashem. He'll show you how to have the most amazing relationship with your marriage, with your friends, with your kids. He'll show you how to impact, imp- implement meaning into every element of your life, every day of your life, every moment of your life. So it's, if you want that, which I'm asking the listener, do you want that? Most thing, people will say yes. So if you can answer yes, so it's very simple. Just follow Hashem once and you'll get it. And even listening to Hashem requires you to put your head down, which is humility. Right, 100%. That's a whole... Yeah, but yeah, yeah. All right, thank you so much. My pleasure for joining thank us. Thank you very much for yeah. having me. I, I usually do this when I bring a guest personally. Give a, a bracha to everyone listening. Okay, I give you all a bracha that you should find yourself. You should get clarity in what you want in your life, where you're heading, and that clarity should be very much with Hashem involved. That Hashem should lead you the way for you to reach your potential in this world. And you should realize that if you follow in Hashem's ways, even without knowing all these complicated cheshbonot, where is this going to lead? Just you follow, oh, this is what Hashem wants for me, I do it. You'll get to a place of tremendous satisfaction, of meaning, of happiness, you and your zivug, bezot Hashem, bekarot. Amen.